0: I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning for February 27th, 2023. Unfortunately, Jamie got hit by the huge windstorm last night that went through the Midwest and lost power and also needed to deal with any damage that she was going to find this morning. Our thoughts are with everyone that got hit by that storm. It sounded like a nasty one. I've prepared a fun show for you today involving horse husbands. But first, I wanted to announce a listener meetup at the All for the Horses Expo. That's an all equine industry trade show presented by Ariat International. It'll be held March 3rd through the 5th at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. And features a carefully curated collection of equestrian and lifestyle vendors selling items from tractors, jewelry, home furnishings, apparel, equine products, and more. The expo will be open to spectators from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day. That's the 3rd through the 5th. General admission and parking are free. I know that we have a bunch of listeners that are going, so we're going to hold a little listener meetup at noon at Ralph's Burgers, which is straight across from the Expo Center by the huge outdoor arena. So the huge outdoor arena with the purple seats, you're just going to walk past that and Ralph's is right there. It's the closest food venue I know of to the Expo Center. They might be having some food at the Expo Center, I don't know, so that's why I think it's safe that we can meet at Ralph's. It's about a two-minute walk from the Expo Center. So we'll see you there on Saturday at noontime, this Saturday at noon. Also, your horse has unique feed needs and Purina has you covered. From breeding to senior horses, from performance horses to easy keepers, and everything in between. Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put Purina's research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit Purinamills.com to learn more. So today I went back in the archive and pulled out one of the old Horse Husband episodes from 2019. I know you've all liked the Horse Husband episodes in the past, and we hope to bring them back again soon. This was a Horse Husband Roundtable with four veteran horse husbands. Stay tuned as we talk horse population control, equipment repairs, ranch expansion, long-distance riding, and much, much more. Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I am Joseph Berto from White City, Oregon, and you are listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 2nd, brought to you today by the Shaken and Fork and the Flex and Fork.
0: The monthly Horse Husbands episode. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Joseph, what are we doing on today's Horse Husband episode?
2: Well, in this Horse horse Husband episode, we're going to talk to two veteran horse husbands. And uh, we're not talking about in freshly engaged or just married enthusiasm here. We're talking about the real scoop of long-term relationships with a horse wife. Uh, one of them has a job as the fourth, or used to have a job as the fourth favorite occupation that horsewives love, (laughs) and the other, easy for you to say, and the other, well, it's sometimes south of that, but I bet our second guest has more miles in the saddle than most of us, so stay tuned.
0: Joseph, I know you've been up to uh, a project. Uh, for new listeners, Joseph bought this property. It's an old sawmill, and they're, they're selling their farm, and they're going to move to the sawmill, which is on the top of a mountain in the middle of God-forsaken nowhere. And oh, no, no, I no, saw the pictures. Like it's in the middle of nowhere. So it has this barn that's like the size of a, uh, a coliseum, and Joseph's got this brilliant idea by himself that he's going to raise the whole side of the barn and replace the footing. All by himself, yeah. Which is crazy to begin with, um, but you actually got to the point where you got it all raised and you're pouring concrete, huh? Y-
2: yeah, this—it's not as crazy as it sounds, okay? Because a, you a sawmill me is pictures. in the middle.
0: It's crazy.
2: <laughs> a sawmill is in the middle of a valley. Uh, and it's got a lot of timberland, beautiful riding. It, it's got a large pond, big enough so the horses can go swimming. And it's got, obviously being an old sawmill, there's a lot of buildings on it. Um, there's a lot of different buildings, planar buildings and where the sawmill was. And one of the buildings is a long, narrow building that was for the green chain line. And the green chain is where the, the finished boards come out and then they're pulled onto little trolleys, turned into units and then hauled away. And so, the promise to my wife is that I will build her the best barn ever, but we can't build any new buildings on the property. So the idea is to take one of the buildings that's there and refurbish
0: it. Is that a so legal here's thing 100... that you can't or a financial thing that you can't?
2: Well, it's, 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 it's more that Jackson County uh, assesses the taxes on a new building according uh, to whatever, yeah. They think it's worth. Got it. And if you appeal it, you appeal it to them, and they're the ones that made the decision. And so you can refurbish an old building and not take a hit, but if you build a new building, you're going to have a, a price on it. It's a tax thing. Exceptionals. It's a tax thing, and so. But here's this building that's 140 feet long, and
0: think about that, people. <laughs> that's a think long about building. This.
2: And it's, and it's 28 feet, one half inch wide. And how do I know that half inch is because I've had to lift the entire building almost four feet up in the air because the building's 75 years old and they didn't build the footings in this building to last 75 years. So the building was twisted and racked and falling over. And there's no way you're going to turn that into a barn. But, but here's the thing I know about the horse husband, Enabling syndrome where you put too many stalls in. So we're limiting it to five stalls in a 130-foot building.
0: There could be big stalls so there. Just... <laughs>
2: there's nice big stalls, a uh, big place for the ATV to go. It's going to have indoor-outdoor stalls, meaning that there'll be an indoor stall that's covered, that has the shavings and all that, and then a little run-out on the back of it that's covered. So when there's inclement weather, the horses aren't in the stall. They're standing outside, but they're still in a covered area. How, how, and it also means we... Go ahead.
0: How did you raise the building um, by yourself?
2: Yeah, that's that's part of the insanity of this deal. There's no instructions of how to raise a building. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm no kidding.
2: And, and when I called a company to do it, the price that they gave me to do the engineering study on it was forty thousand dollars. That's just to do the engineering study. Just study, to study on, it. Just to study. <laughs> Yeah. To figure out how to raise it up and how much it weighs and how much to, you can pick up this post. Plus the thing was, was, was tilted and there was a whole bunch of missing parts to it and everything else. So I, I just, just did it. I mean, I just went up there with the backhoe and let's see, I had a backhoe, a forklift, a uh, uh, skip loader and a man lift. And that raised four posts at a time, and then I pounded in some posts with a T-post pounder. Anyways, you it it's a, was an awful thing to watch. The guy that came to pour the concrete thought I'd lost my mind because the metal that was supporting the columns had about a three-quarters of an inch sag in it. And my thing to him is, don't worry about it if it hasn't failed now. It probably won't fail while we're pouring the concrete. And so that's kind of been the deal. Maybe I'll send you a picture of it, but, but the reality of it is that I'm in an age that I only get one chance to do things for the rest of my life. And the footings that are underneath this building aren't going to fail in the next 40 years is my thinking. And, and also I want, you know, those, those TV shows you watch where the woman walks into the, into the room and then she squeals.
0: Yeah. And, oh my God.
2: God! Okay. Well, my wife would never squeal walking into a living room, but I really desire to have her walk into this barn and squeal.
0: Now, so, has she, has she one been day... up there keeping an eye on things, or should this totally your project? No, she she comes up and she's
2: she's really supportive because. It's it's a tremendous amount of work. There's there's no denying this. this, this I, I come home and my batteries are just wiped out. But it's want to do work. It's not like haying, which is have to do work. This is this is once in a lifetime something we're going to share together. And and she takes really good care of me when I'm tired. We don't get into arguments or anything during those moments. And and it's going to be something that we're both going to enjoy immensely. And and here's the really cool part about it: 130 feet. I was going to dedicate all of that to the barn. But I recently started working at a sawmill learning how to run the equipment because this is a real sawmill. It's a sawmill that took a five-foot diameter log and cut it into into six-by-sixes or four-by-fours. And there's a place where the green chain um, kind of flattens out, where it comes out of the mill and into the green chain line. And it's after the trim saw where they cut them to length. And I, I realized that by building it all barn. I wasn't going to have any place to actually have the lumber exit the building should sometime in my lifetime we get this thing running again. And so I asked her if I could have 12 feet of it back. And she said, sure. And so I'm actually building her a 118 foot long barn.
0: But it's still pretty
2: magnificent.
0: <laughs> well, that's very cool and a lot of hard work. I don't envy you that. That's that's yeah.
2: Well, that's, it's a good kind of work though. Like I say, it's it's good. It's keeping me young, and I don't think about flying anymore when I'm pouring concrete.
0: I did just, you uh, uh, update from last time? Have you gotten the ultralight built? I guess not with all the concrete work.
2: No, no I, okay. I've had to put the ultralight into um, into storage for a week or two and uh and plus i've got to make sure i've got a will and uh and a trust established <laughs> because because
0: it turns life out my wife paid. actually
2: has some <laughs> yeah, she has some concerns about it that i need to address so.
0: <laughs> can a guy but, with but uh, here, ultra Light get life insurance by the way
2: uh, as far as i know um our life insurance covers stuff like that but here's <laughs> the, the th- thing I sat in a, in a helicopter for 23 years at the end of a long line in the helicopter that there was no possibility of establishing an autorotation in the event of an engine failure, okay? So I'm going from something that was way dangerous that she was totally accepting to something that's really benign. I mean, ultralights, they rarely have engine failures, and then they just turn into gliders, and they land at 20 miles an hour. So it's not really a big deal, whereas the helicopter – well, it weighs four thousand pounds and comes out of the sky like a brick.
0: Yeah, that's and, true. Uh,
2: so, yeah. So I've tried to I've tried to to reassure her of it, but we're still going to get the the will taken care of. Before <laughs> yeah,
0: we I do think that. that's a good idea. <laughs> be sure to put. Got to know who, who to leave this. Yeah, can you be sure to put in there who takes over your co-hosting gig too? Uh, put that in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just saying, huh?
0: Yeah, just let's think about that too. All right, well, let's get to our. By the way, this normally would be the spot for the jumping episode that we do every month. It's normally the first Tuesday of the month, and we decided to put the horse husbands in here because Emily is uh, Emily's not feeling well. She's uh, gotten really. Sick. And they can't figure out why. So, uh, I, to the point where she's not even working at this point. So we're we're wishing her our, our best, and uh, we're thinking about get better her. soon, Emily. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's pretty serious. So we're hoping that uh, they can get that figured out. Somebody, you know, in their thirties should not have that problem. Um, and you know, doctors just sometimes they just can't figure things out. I think she has Lyme disease, but I don't think they've even checked her for that yet. So. She lives in a swamp in Florida. They have lots of ticks and lots of deer. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, I think they should check her for that. But we'll see. So our best to Emily. And we're going to get on now with our roundtable right after we talk about the Flex and Fork and the Shake and Fork. And you got some emails, huh?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting deal to have an invention in the age of the Internet. You know, it used to be you had to submit a product a new product submission to a magazine, and maybe they did a little quarter-page feature on it. But these days, you never know what's going to pop up. And yesterday, my wife came across a video on somebody's Facebook page, and here's what it said. This gal was filming her video and talking at the same time, but this is what she said. My husband spoiled me and got me a shaken fork. For those of you that use pine shavings or pine, fine pines, check this sucker out. I cleaned a 30 by 30 stall that I shamefully hadn't cleaned for two weeks because I was too busy
0: in about an hour.
2: (laughs) Two weeks, yeah. There's a lot of poop in there. Literally, I got every piece of poop out. My perfectionism was satisfied. Now, here's the thing. As you can see, I used it standing on one foot and using one hand on it so I could take this video with the other hand. And the video shows her lifting up one foot, supporting the fork, running the fork with her right hand while she's <laughs> filming it with her left hand, running the shaken fork. And for those of you that think that sifting manure by shaking is exercise and a lot of work, I'm telling you, you can always not press the trigger and shake it manually, but none of you are going to be able to sift a 30 by 30 foot stall standing on 1 foot doing it with one hand that's how easy and simple a shaken fork is to operate there was a couple other comments on it, people that, that commented on it that had a fork. They love the fork. They talk about how it's not cheap, but oh my God, it saves their back. And it's great for sifting mini poop. Another person timed in, I have one and I love it. And somebody else wrote that it's the coolest thing ever. So you never know what's going to show up on uh, on a Facebook or on a commentary. But here on the Horse Radio Network, we know that most of the people have Uh, Have tried and use our shaken forks and flexion forks and uh, you can find out why in 10 years and thousands of shaken forks later we hear almost daily from horse people who tell us how glad they are that they found us and that they love their equity products so give us a call equitymfg.com that's e-q-u-i-t-e-e m-f-g.com and uh, chances are you'll hear from my wife Diane or myself if you have any questions Okay, so our first guest this morning is Mark Laney, who lives with his long-term horsewife in Plainview, Texas. Uh, the name Mark Laney might be familiar to you, as he was previously the CEO of Best of America on Horseback. Mark works as a lawyer, but you're just as likely to see him in blue jeans as a suit, and he promises his clients to do the work in the least amount of time compatible with their best interest and good lawyering which is kind of the person I'd like to hire. So good morning, Mark.
3: Good morning. How are you, Joseph?
2: I'm doing fine. Thanks for visiting. And our second guest lives just down the street from Diane and I here in Southern Oregon. We first met him as the UPS man, and he would come by our ranch here a couple of times a day to collect the shaken forks and flexin' forks. And according to my wife, next to the farrier and the hay grower, of course, which is me, he is her third favorite horse person because he always brought the fun stuff that she orders online, like supplements and blankets <laughs> and uh good morning, Kevin.
1: Good morning, Joseph.
2: Uh, thank you for visiting with us and um what's interesting about both of you guys and Glenn and myself is that we're all long term horse husbands, meaning I believe all of us uh have been married for twenty years or longer. Is that correct? How on my to? part. So you get thirty-three years for for Mark and uh yep. and, 28 and twenty-eight years for, for me. Mark, who, <laughs> who's Stars your wife? Mark. What's your wife's name? Sorry. Brenda. And how was it that um you two met?
3: Well, we started we went to school together from third grade. After dumping me in the sixth grade, we <laughs> started dating after a twenty year high school reunion. And uh, following year, we got married. And
0: wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. She dumped you in sixth grade, and then you met back up again at your twenty-year reunion. Yeah, wow. And was that it was okay? A hell of an impression. Yeah. So I got to ask: Was it love <laughs> at first sight at the twenty-year reunion, or you know, did the sparks fly, or wasn't it that fast?
3: Well, we had both been uh, had some experience under our belts, and we realized that. Had we got together out of high school, we wouldn't have made it, and, and uh, we just clicked, and it's been just wonderful ever since then.
0: You know, sometimes you have to practice, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, That's right. Now, <laughs> was she a horsewoman, or were you Were you the horse guy? How'd that work?
3: No, she was a horsewoman. She, uh, uh, I had horses when I was a kid, just the ponies and stuff, and, but I hadn't done anything since a kid and when we married uh she i was my hobby was snow skiing and she thought she would go with me to snow ski and uh, she had a bad leg bad knee so we got a brace for it and and the first rattle out of the box and snow ski slopes uh, she hurt a good knee (laughs) and so she decided that wasn't going to work and so in the meantime i would take um her friends and her and her friends horse riding and I wasn't riding, but I would be the camp coat camp host and so time they got back from riding after uh, hours of day during the day, they would tell these all these hair raising stories about near death experiences the <laughs> that they all experienced with they all had young horses and anyway. Yeah. Fast forward a few, a few years, and uh, I said, "I want to. I, I want to be with you. We do things together, and it's time for me to to do the ride thing. But I'm not going to do a stupid horse like here. I'm going to get a mule. It's going to be safe. So I got a mule, and this was probably in 2000, and um, and we've been riding together ever since. And had just wonderful times together.
2: Yeah, that twenty year reunion. Diane and I remet at a twenty year reunion, and it's a it's a pretty powerful thing when you you run into somebody. And but I got to say, I, I remet Diane after after being smitten by her in high school. I don't even think I can remember back to fifth or sixth grade. So that that really must have been, <laughs> been
0: <a laughs> incredible.
2: Well,
3: to give you an idea, our class our class was uh, thirty nine. Was our uh, the biggest class we'd had in that time forever. And so it wasn't a big school and we knew each other from.
0: So three people showed up at the 20 year reunion. There was a good shot. You were going to see your wife there.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. We had, we talked a a little bit beforehand, but when we took the first (laughs) dance with, we danced with, uh, singing in the still of the night. And, uh, wow. I kissed her neck and, She kissed my ear and we
2: just.
0: That was it. it. You're in love. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, man, that's great.
2: How about you, Kevin? Tell me a little bit about your courtship.
1: UPS pretty much says it all. You know, I started out on a training route and she happened to work on that training route when I first started UPS. And the rest is history. It was not, you know, just kind of a normal seeing her every day you know she was she worked on the dock in the in the shipping department and i was the the pickup and you know picking up all their packages and stuff and i mean that was a long time ago it's hard to remember the details but uh it was just <laughs> one of those it was just one of those you know just visiting every day and talking and
2: I got to laugh sure. Kevin because Mark's talking about the song that was playing when they danced together. <laughs> you're, you're remembering the details of the
1: shipping dock.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as romantic, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it
1: was it, it wasn't uh it wasn't no 20 year reunion or fifth or sixth grade thing. It was it just, you know, we just I mean, you know, obviously there was an attraction there, but uh It was just, uh, and it was, and you know, you had to be, you had to be professional and stuff like that. So it was, it was just kind of a, just run of the mill courtship, you know, it's you visit for a while, then you start dating and then you.
0: Get married and
1: then you have kids and you know, a family and the rest
0: is history. And then it's thirty years well, later. There, we are. And were. then it's thirty years <laughs> later,
1: exactly. <laughs>
2: and, and at what point did, did a horse enter into this? Everything you said there, that's pretty normal stuff. But somewhere, a horse entered into that relationship. When, when oh, did that? No, well, Stephanie's the name of your wife, right? Correct. Wonder. Okay, just want to make sure. Okay,
1: she she was born into the horses. Um, her family. Is three, four-generation, 4-H leaders, and she, I think she was born on a horse. And so she's always had horses. I just kind of married into it. I had quads and motorcycles and four-wheel drive trucks, and we kind of met in the middle until we had to buy property, and then my toys went away, and the horses became a <laughs> priority, and hence the, uh, you know, the horse husband thing. So oh, I, God. she just, I think she's part horse. I mean, like I said, she had to have been born on a horse. It's just, it just goes back in her family. And so what,
2: at what point did the reality of being a horse husband, I mean, in during the courtship, were you, was there any, uh, d- did you see on the horizon that, that things might just be a little bit different or, or was it after you were married? I know in my particular case, when we would go out and date, it seemed like there was always time to go out and date. And if she needed to come up here for a long weekend or something like that, my wife grew up in the Bay Area. So did I. Uh, there was always time. And then we got married. And suddenly there wasn't time to go to a movie. And I thought, how, how the heck did that happen? And it, was that the, that similar to you or what happened in your, your horse experience?
1: I don't know. It just evolved. And all of a sudden one day you're just buried. I mean, you're stuck. <laughs> you know, I've always been a country Type uh, hit western whatever. I think I was born a hundred years too late. Um, So when she had horses, I always I always had an interest in them. I never had any when we were growing up. Um, we had some friends towards the Bay Area, Santa Rosa, that had them, and we'd go visit and we'd you know ride. They had ponies, and I always had an interest in them. I always had an interest in the ranch life. So she had horses, you know, and she knew horses, and I would go out to her her parents place where she kept her horse and we would go on rides and stuff like that. And it was just one of those, I don't know. One of those, I guess, not really a dream, but kind of a way of life that I always thought was cool. And so our first house that we bought had five acres. So we ended up having a place for our own horses. And then, uh, of course we bought a bigger place and had more horses. And then the next one was even bigger yet. And now we have a full-blown equestrian center with, you know, 50, 60 horses on it.
0: (laughs) And it's funny how that happens, too, just just like the whole marriage 30-year thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just kind of
1: an evolution.
0: (laughs) You just think, think, um, oh, yeah, that would be cool. You know,
1: it's kind of one of those things. Wouldn't it be nice to have enough property to have 20 horses, 10 horses, and just, you know, just on this day you want to ride this horse? Well then all of a sudden you're there and it's like, Oh wait, what did I get into?
0: <laughs> you know, we did that so, too, and then at one point we just decided, Okay, we, we're not we're not doing this anymore. It ju- it did get to the point for us, I think it was at about the thirty year mark where we were like, uh, we just can't do it anymore.
1: And and, and we're know... getting there.
0: <laughs> but it's just it's just not
1: as fast uh, as I'm thinking it should, should be. be. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, <laughs> and
1: Mark, I know you're I mean I you're... still enjoy I Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, Kevin. So as far as, you know, having property and, and, you know, we live back at the end of a mile long road and we're back in this valley and we're kind of secluded. And as far as that goes, I love it. Um, being able just to go, you know, have space around me. I like it, but it comes to the point where, you know, you really can't go anywhere. You can't do anything because you have so many animals to take care of. And, 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 and it, and it becomes, work i mean it used to be fun it was enjoyable it was enjoyable work accomplishment and it's getting to the point where it's just it's it's work i mean you you can't literally you can't go on vacation because you have so many animals to take care of and 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 i've got to be honest it's really not my job i mean listed as a job. she It's her job. I mean, you know, she has horses to train. She has horses to clean up after. She has horses to feed. And I try to help as much as I can, but it does become the horse husband. You know, she can't yeah, ever go yeah. do nothing because she's got horses. Um, she yeah. can't take off. She can't. I'm not saying it's You, can't even, that, you can't even that's sleep the, late. You uh, can't even sleep late. That's
2: no, I can't. No. You got to get up. And you got to feed the I,
1: horses. Yeah, I can but it's really? like why? Because you're there by yourself. Because she's gone early in the morning to go feed horses.
2: Mark has a little different story, uh, and and maybe he could talk a little bit about it. Um, where he started to go on some pretty long rides. And so, tell us about your how it was. You evolved from getting married to a horsewoman to how you got really, really into it as a horseman yourself.
3: Well, the. To backing up to the uh, you know, law practice, I, I got tired of it and I was ready to retire and um, slow down for sure and I was trying to figure out some way that I could have some income and then be able to travel over the United States and still have a, you know, a good time with horses and uh, just do the best of America by horseback opportunity just kind of Fell in my lap, and the host Tom C was uh, uh, approached me and said, "You know, my operation has gotten too big for me and Pat. We just need we can handle the show and all this, but we need some some help from the financial end and and the business part of the business." And so I became CEO for the show for five years and. During that time, we had rides all over the country, and I, I scattered out places for future shows on the TV uh, show, and we go to them as well, and would put you know fifteen hundred miles a month on my older home. and we we just had a great time with lots of good people, and and the longest ride though was in two thousand nine when we did a Mexico to Canada ride four and a half months and 2,200 miles. And that was uh, an experience of a lifetime. Uh, but all of the, everything we've done, it, it's been just, you know, we've never had more than three equine at one time, uh, two most of the time. So we don't have a, a job to do. We just have enjoyed what we're doing and trail riding and uh, it's, met some fantastic people over the, over the years that uh, I don't know there's out of 10,000 people I think there's one bad horse person that we might have met <laughs> we just don't we don't meet bad horse people uh, so we we just had a great time together and still do and to ride every chance we get and
2: that's it's quite a different experience when when I um became a, a horse person I didn't didn't ride a whole lot and my my experience with horses it's kind of like halfway between both years that that I didn't ride at all and then married Diane and what attracted me to Diane was the way that she treated her animals and, and I thought to myself man if I can get treated like one of her animals I'm gonna be the luckiest man in the world because you just get i you get treated so well you get you know three squares a day and plenty of water then you know you start getting into a little bit more kind of more along Kevin's deal and we you know we bought a 100 acre ranch and next thing you know i'm growing hay and and had a horse of my own and and started to to st- stop being fun and there was never a time in my life though that i got to say we're going to stop at 3 <clears throat> because we this ranch had 18 stalls and the, the that empty <laughs> Empty stall syndrome, you know, you know that it's just a matter of time before there's going to be another horse. I and mean, I'll she came with six. So I should have known, <laughs> I should have known that, it, that it wasn't going to end there. But then we got involved with this inventing deal with the shake and fork and the flex and fork. And I started to go to the shows and we got to see all the people. And, and so we really got a, a little bit of both. We got the fun part, which is traveling out and meeting people and going to shows and stuff like that. And then we got the 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 misery part, which is the – and it is misery, growing hay and, and that kind of thing that, that is just inescapable. But, I mean,
1: how about you, Glenn? Fixing fences, welding up panels, hay,
0: equipment. <laughs> it, yeah. Is there it, always something Yeah. That there is always something when you own a farm. It's just always something. The only ones that have it worse are the guys who have dairy cows. They just—they never have a life because twice a day those suckers <laughs> need to be milked. It just never ends with those. And I—I I knew a lot of them. I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, so I knew a lot of them. And uh, that was a hard life. Uh, so I take horses over dairy cows. I'm part, trying to put a happy. Oh five. yeah. <laughs>
1: I I think I'm going to agree with you there. You know, <laughs> getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to start milking cows until 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, and then cleaning, mucking. Yeah, I think I'm with you. The horses yeah. are going to go, go take, that route.
0: I'll take horses. Now, we're at the point, though, where we backed off, and now we only have two. So it's it's like we've come full circle from when I first met her to now. Uh, we've come full circle. But that's taken 32 years to do, <laughs> to do that. Uh, I don't miss fixing oh, like four more
2: stuff. years. I look
0: That's right. <laughs> I was just
2: going to say, Kevin, it's, it's not over with yet <laughs> because, uh, interestingly enough, Diane and I also this year at about that, that same point have scaled back and, and, uh, and we're now we're down to, to five horses or four horses. And, uh, and it's, and it's pretty fascinating to me when you get, uh, the quality over quantity, and everything starts to return kind of to a, a different place. But the thing of it is, you can't be the person that makes the choice, right? That's got to come from the boss. You know, oh, that is a definite fact. There. Yeah. Once you once she's had enough, then then things start to change around. And I I can't tell you what the the magic words to be able to say to make that turn around. But um, but it is it is a lot more fun when it gets to be less. We were just talking about that yesterday, my wife and I, because now cleaning manure or or putting the horses in or out or feeding, it's it's an afterthought. It's ten minutes. It's fifteen minutes. Whereas, you know, before it was at least two hours. And two hours are the best part of the day.
0: I was gonna ask I have in questions course. for both of you. Um so I have to ask Mark, what was the what was your favorite ride in all the time you were you were doing the rides with Best of America?
3: Well uh, actually it was uh our favorite place uh was uh one of our favorite places or several was uh camp canyon in texas and it was only about 60 miles from where we lived so we went over there frequently and uh uh then later on we during the show we had did several shows at leatherwood mountains in north carolina and we loved it so much that we bought a place there and so we spend a lot of our time in north carolina uh, and they've got trails throughout the community and uh but from the standpoint of we mentioned a while ago, just having two or three horses at a time or mules that we we all have learned from experiences and uh one of our experiences was that the people we had ridden with several times they'd get together on weekends and whatever, and uh a good couple that we would become friends with had bought a horse camp in oklahoma the horse haven and we never rode with them again because they were always tied to that horse camp mm. so we need right off that we weren't need, didn't need to get into business of, of, of doing anything but trail riding and and uh after practicing law for 45 years and i thought i'd quit and uh, devote full-time to horse riding trail riding um it's just uh, much simpler that way, and didn't have the obligations that y'all are talking about of uh, feeding and mucking and and. Uh, uh, haying. The, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> haying, yeah.
2: Wait, Kevin and yeah. I both have hayed, and and boy, I tell you that that uh, if 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 you had to ask me how much a bale of hay ought to cost, it'd be a hundred dollars a bale. <laughs> 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 I know there'd be a little complaining going on here, but (laughs) one of the best compliments I get from my wife, and she tells me that was a $30 bail. And boy, I just feel like a million bucks because it ought to be a $30 bail. But anyway, sorry, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, I interrupted
3: you. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) When did you get out of UPS? Um, it'll be two years to go next month. So in the time you were there, especially in the last 10 years with the advent of Amazon, God, it must've gotten just harder and harder as you went just more and more delivery. I know our UPS guy comes here at nine o'clock at night. He's still working. It got to the point
1: where when I got there in the morning and you look in your truck, it, it, it literally looked like 80, 85% of your, and I had a rural, my like i said my last seven eight years i had a rural route and it was nothing but amazon i mean amazon has made it so easy that especially for these rural people they don't have to go to town and have to pack up the kids but you getting in the truck and looking at the shelves it was 80 percent amazon it just that's what it seemed like you know it might be a little far-fetched but it looked like it and now it's even worse because the the on track company lost their contract with with Amazon and FedEx has lost their contract with Amazon and so UPS is literally buried um, I still keep in touch with them all and they they're just they're just they're hiring like a guy a week to try to take up the, take up some of that slack
2: when when hey. UPS decided that it was more efficient to make three right hand turns instead of one left <laughs> to save time. I thought if you're getting if you're getting your drivers to the point that you're keeping track of of a of a one minute stop sign instead of making three right hand turns, I thought this is this is just crazy when you get micromanaged to that level. And I and it's got to where I'm just going, wow man, UPS driving is not my my wishful field anymore.
1: And that was, that, was my, that was my big, big sign to get out. Um, and, and the left-hand turn thing was not necessarily a time thing. It was more of a safety thing because you have to cross traffic turning left. Yeah, but it didn't work. Think about it. You make right hand turns all day. What do you do? You just go in a circle.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, was <laughs> saying, I always wondered about that, especially in the country. It just, <laughs> didn't, it just, it just didn't make sense, and it didn't really work. <laughs> I mean, there was instances,
1: you know, where like really busy highways, you know, they would have you go right hand turns because you're going with the flow of traffic, and then you go to the end and you go back up the other side, just making right hand turns. Some places that worked out here in the country, nah. You just yeah. go in circles. But yeah. back to the micromanaging thing. They are they they are. They've got sensors on the wheels, they've got sensors on the doors. And and I don't wanna you know, I don't wanna get into the UPS thing, but they do. They micromanage and, and it and and it's always been a timed um it's always been a go, go, go uh, type of thing, but it, it has got with the technology it has gotten it has gotten worse. And so that was my sign to get out. And I just, 31 years, I'd had enough. I, I was there at the beginning, you know, 30 years ago when it was a production thing, do the best you can to uh, do the best you can, but you got to follow all these absurd rules. There's, you and me were
2: talking about this that there's a code, right? That when you, about being on the ranch and stuff breaks. And when, like, uh, an ATV breaks, and you're first married, you're in, in the first five years, and there'll be a little note on the ATV as it's sitting outside the shop. And it, and it says, honey, if you have any time, is there any possibility that you could fix this ATV, right? And then uh-huh. you get the, the 20-year, and there's the ATV just parked out there, and it doesn't even say fix it on it. It's just
1: it's, – Yeah, it's pretty obvious at that point why it's parked there. <laughs> It's pretty
2: obvious. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's and it's funny how you've gone from being the the guy that is there any possibility you could help me out with, with this, this project of mine, and then at the end it's just you're just the unpaid unpaid help. And uh, yeah, I think I think Mark had the right ideas. Don't don't get too many uh, horses. Don't turn it into a business. And how many how many miles uh, uh, a year are you putting on now? Are you still doing long rides?
3: We haven't done any long rides in a while. We're going to do a few here and there. My wife has had some health problems recently in the last couple of years, and so we haven't ridden as much because she loves riding this. I mean, I love riding myself, but she loves it like it was everything. And uh, so I don't ride. I try not to ride when she can't and to yeah. uh-huh. keep her from being feeling bad. And so in the last couple of years, we haven't ridden as much, but in the uh, place we have in North Carolina is, is 125 miles of trails right in the community. And so we try to do those all we can. Then we still take our motor home and go to different places. We're going to uh hungry, harsh uh, campground in South Carolina in, in September and then back to Texas in the Capricorn Canyon that I mentioned earlier.
0: What where but, uh, where in North Carolina are you again?
3: It's uh near Boone, uh north east of Asheville.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We spent well of course I spent uh, a lot of time in North Carolina for Weg last year for the World Equestrian games. So mm-hmm. we were there uh uh during that interesting experience for sixteen days. But uh Asheville, is still one of my favorite places in, in on the east coast. I love it up there. It's nice, yeah. I can see why you and, picked that spot.
3: It's, it's and, beautiful, especially uh, compared to Texas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: What's the What's the most memorable or wondrous place that you rode? Uh, maybe it is North Carolina, but you've you've seen a lot of the country and some of its wilderness and stuff like that. But if there was any one spot that just jumps out at you, what was what's that spot?
3: Well, uh, one year. Not too long ago, uh, we went to uh, Monument Valley. You enter in on the Arizona side. Monument Valley uh, is a scene where all the John Wayne movies were filmed, and you know, we rode there for a week and just had a wonderful time. We saw the. We rode by the place where Natalie Wood ran down the mountain when she was being chased and, and the searchers of John Wayne movie and you know after that week uh we were in the motorhome watching tv and it was John Wayne's birthday weekend and the whole weekend was John Wayne movies on the satellite and we kept saying oh we were there we go there we, <laughs> where we were you know it really was a neat experience and then so we thought that was the most fascinating place that we'd ever been and then the following week we went to Bryce canyon in utah and uh and it's it, it like you're on a different planet uh, riding through there it, it was just a it wasn't a ride it's just we rode ourselves but it was those two of the most memorable memorable places that we've ever ridden because they're so different and so unique um uh, It is amazing how, like I said, you feel like you're on a different planet.
2: I was asking that because I was thinking that one day when Kevin and Stephanie decide to downsize and they're looking for something to reconnect with horsemanship and that whole thing, where is it that you would suggest that they hook up the trailer and go off to and and find out why it is they like that? Because when I was listening to to Kevin talk about how he's born a hundred years too late. There's a lot to be said for for um for horses and the horse life and being married to a horsewoman and all that kind of thing. You just gotta take the business end out of it a little bit and by sharing what you've done, maybe it's somewhere in three years or whatever the time is going to be with Kevin that he might be able to go to those places. And maybe even bring in being a ATV too, get back to his inner self. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh-huh. I know what that's like. I'm kind of doing that myself.
1: Well, we, that, that's been kind of one of our family vacation. Cause like I said, when I had, when we met, I had quads sand quads and she had horses and we ended up, she ended up getting a quad. So we had both, but then when we bought property and we spent so much time working and stuff like that, the, the, the sand quads would kind of went away. But in the last 10 years, they've started to come back. Um, so we decided that we would take a family, family vacation every year in summer and we would go to the coast for a week and we'd take horses and we'd take quads. And so we we are starting very slowly, you know, to do that. We do it once a year. We'd like to do it more. It just doesn't happen. But, uh, but, but it's funny you bring that up because that is still something that – we enjoy is to get away from here and go do that. It's just now that, you know, she's so busy with so many horses, it just ends up only being once a year. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. The trick to that, raise the prices. Then, then you make more money and you do less work.
1: Um, (laughs) you know, that's, it's been a huge consideration, but you know, my wife, she's, she's not in it for the money as much as she is for the enjoyment and the pleasure of the people, you know, being able to afford it and, and stuff like that. She's, it's not all about the money to her. It's, it's just her way of life. And she likes to, she wants to be that person that can make it affordable for somebody that might not necessarily be able to. And we kind of agreed. And we kind of agreed on that when we started this, you know, decided we are going to do this is we didn't want it to be one of those hard-nosed business things, you know, she wanted it to be more of a social yep. deal and, yep. and, it, and it's, and, and it's gone really well that way. And, and it's become a very lucrative business for her too.
0: So.
2: Yeah. And it's described it, your place yeah. really well. It's a very social barn.
0: You know, and it's it always described. helps when you're making money doing something, that's a lot of work. When you're not making yeah. money, you're doing something that's a lot of work. It just gets depressing after a while. I don't care. Who is you there?
1: Are. Is there Mark? <laughs> let me ask you. Is there such a, there such a to make money?
0: What, what was that? We no, lost he, you for a bit. Go ahead and say that again, Mark. <laughs> say say that is again. That,
1: is that there such a? Is there such a thing to have horses and make money? <laughs> that's, that's been not from that's the horses. Been, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <It's> a, <no. laughs>
0: Well, and on that but note, we're going to have to wrap enough. this up. That's a perfect way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> if true. you own a boat and a horse, you're just screwed. So, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Mark, a best of American horseback still going on, right? That's they, How many years have yeah, they been it, doing it their is. thing? It's a long time.
3: Oh, yeah. It's been going on for probably 20 years or 25.
0: I was going to say, it's a long time. And are you still practicing law or are you completely retired now?
1: Now
3: after after forty five years I thought I'd just quit. Oh, Never good. could get it right.
0: Good for you.
2: <laughs> You've been read your
0: rights. Time it. to quit. That's <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. One one quick comment yeah. about uh, that my experience has been with my wife, she buys high and gives away or sells cheap. <laughs> she just didn't wants to find a good home for him. So if we buy, if we bought a horse, you know, it may not, uh, it's certainly not going to bring more than we paid for it, and hopefully we can at least break even. But chances are, she'll just to find a good home for it, and and uh, that's what you live with. If you love them, you, you uh, live with it, and uh, yeah, it's has been great.
2: Yeah, and before you go, Mark, I wanted to ask you briefly. You and I met at a Horse Expo, I think it was. I was standing in a booth peddling manure forks and and uh you and Tom were there and that was a long time ago. I I, I don't recall the, but I I if I had it's to guess, probably, was it fifteen years ago, something like that?
3: I would say so. if you could you close to it, in fact. Yeah.
2: And I and uh, I heard from you again recently because you actually had worn out a virtually indestructible part of your shaken fork and so you contacted <laughs> me to to fix that yeah. part and I just thought that maybe you could briefly just talk about your experience with the shaken fork.
3: Well she bad. Um to me that's the best fork there was. Uh, uh I had I thought server because I liked them so well and I wanted to wanted them to have them handy. Uh, wherever I was, and whether it's in the trailer or it's in the, the stalls or whatever, and I had re- a few years ago, I replaced a basket on one of the, the flexing forks, and the only reason I had to replace it was because I had dropped I had dropped something on it, or it was something big and heavy, and and broke it. it wasn't from using it because it, I've never worn out one uh, from use. And then the shaking fork that I had uh that moved uh, the parts recently it, it may have been from overuse, but I don't think so. I think maybe it might have been in the horse trailer along the rattling along the tra- the road and vibrating might have caused part of its damage, but I don't think any of it has failed from the standpoint of the product in, in accuracy uh, Itself, it's been great, solid product, and uh, I just love it. And the flexor fork is is the only way to go, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, Glenn is always telling me that I got a terrible business model because people only have to buy one, and then we never hear from (laughs) them again. So
0: it is a terrible business model.
2: It's, it's a terrible business model, I know it, but but here's the good part, is then, you know, these years later, and, and I hear from somebody, and yet you talk to a friend instead of somebody that's mad at you, so in the end, it, it develops its own following.
0: I always told them there's a happy medium, you know, people aren't going to be mad if they wear out after five years. They'll buy a new one, but, you know, the last thing 10, that's a bad business model. It's just not, it's not right. You're just never going to make a fortune doing that. Um, yeah, we've
2: got... We got forks at the Snyder Farm, too. So,
0: <laughs> Well, your oh, UPS yeah. man quit. How are you ever getting forks out in the first place? I mean, <laughs> geez.
2: <laughs> hey, I'll tell you how we made it so the UPS guy stops here for longer than a minute. Provide him with a bathroom, because even the <laughs> UPS man's got to go somewhere.
0: Give <laughs> the UPS guy a toilet.
2: <laughs> that problem solved.
0: Hey, uh, well, uh, you you yeah, got
1: the guy that the guy that followed me over there, he uh he's a really good guy, so
0: <laughs> he, he, yeah, he is. I mean,
1: he even he even feeds your dogs more than I fed your dogs. <laughs> he he carries a way bigger bag of treats than I ever did.
0: Well, thank you both for joining us. We really appreciate it. This has been fun, and uh, we good luck. And I hope uh, Kevin that you see the light at the end of the tunnel at some point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you know it's it's not near as bad as I make it sound. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's there's still, a lot of advantages. There is there is some a lot of good you know a lot of good to it
0: i think we're about the same. i think we're probably about the same age and uh you know what they say about when you get older you start to feel it you really do it's it's the truth
1: you do yeah (laughs) really do and you just don't get as much done and it just it seems like it just sets you back farther and
0: yeah and everything hurts all in all (laughs) it all hurts well
1: that's Sure. it all hurts more but you wouldn't. you just like and I would never trade it for a subdivision home no matter how much work it became
0: yep that's true well thank you guys appreciate it so that was fun i love doing the round tables i love just sitting around talking to horse husbands
2: <laughs> because those guys are great yeah yeah there's a cautionary tale there
0: as because different don't get
2: too many horses
0: as we all are we all go through the same things at some yeah. point i mean at some point yeah. in the Thirty years, you're going to go through the same things. Um, but it was amazing that two of you met your spouses at twenty-year reunions. Isn't that
2: crazy? Yeah, although I met my spouse and in, in high school. So
0: yeah, but the you got back of, together.
2: We did, yeah. and I, and I was still smitten. But but I don't recall Were you anybody kissing her neck. In and, and what
0: group? song was it? No, I do. I do <laughs> think I got a thing in my ear, though. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny that he brought that up. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> if I was legally allowed, I would have played the song, but I was I can't. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
2: Oh, you should do it anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so I haven't I didn't get to talk about it much on the show because Jamie's like young. Um but we got to go to the Red Rock Amphitheater while we were out in Colorado which is an absolutely unbelievable place to see a concert. I mean, it's just nothing like it in the world. Now, it'll kill you walking up there. But um, after you get there, then the other thing is once you walk the thousand steps to get up there, because it's on the side of a mountain, um, you get to your seat. And I looked down and went, oh, geez, I'd have to go down. We were in row 70 some. And its I was going, the bathrooms are at the bottom. So I held it. I did not get up that entire concert to go to the bathroom because I would had to climb down seventy and back up seventy more steps after just doing thousands of steps to get up there. So, uh, but it it was. I bet lot.
2: the bathroom, <laughs> bathroom on the exit was totally clogged up, right?
0: Oh uh, yes, definitely. Like, we actually left a song before the end. Jennifer was wearing out because we had flown in, we had time difference, <clears throat> and it was already 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Um, And so we left a song before the end, and thank God we did, because the friends we were with, they left after the last song, and it took them an hour to get out of the parking. uh, So that's the thing about concerts. If you wait till the very end, you're going to be an hour in the parking. And we had an hour drive back, so we really didn't want to uh, go too late. We, We got in at midnight, I guess, to the hotel. And the other place that you can hear people sing? and concerts and a lot of fun and you can also do karaoke with us because that's what we did on the last cruise. Jemmy led the way and got us all out doing karaoke and all of us at once during one of the nights. Uh, but you can join us on the cruise. That's the Horse Lovers cruise. The cruise. Go to horseloverscruise.com. We still have a couple of cabins left. I think we have 50 people total, like 25 cabins so far. So we would love to have you join us. Go to horseloverscruise.com. It's not too late to reserve your cabin. You actually haven't November to pay the final payment you can just give $200 down now and as long as you pay by November you're good the cruise is in February it's coming up joseph we're going to be there in no time
2: yeah and and keep in mind it's it's really surprisingly not expensive it's nothing like what i thought it was going to be and also you can buy insurance that says if for some reason you have to cancel you can get the price of the cruise back, and the insurance is very reasonable through that cruise lady,
0: and yeah oh so there's it definitely a couple of is. things we, that made yeah, we do that every day. yeah, yeah,
2: and Diane and I we had a lot of reservations about doing it, and then then we realized, hey, this you know this is a kind of a no brainer, so we're really looking forward to meeting yeah, I' looking for
0: network. i don't have I ever met diane?
2: nope, never I, have I
0: don't think so, <laughs> in all the years we've known yeah, each other, yeah. I don't think we have, so to be, be a blast, yeah that'd, that'd be good, so and um, everybody
2: else. That wants to show up in this particular case, you're allowed to listen and go go get on that cruise. But,
0: and you're on cruise with horse people, and we do have yeah. a we do have, but it's sold out already. We have a riding opportunity because you know they changed the ports on us, uh, so we had a riding opportunity to, in Nassau, but it's sold out already. So. Uh, so, there's no riding opportunity in Nassau anymore. That's that's taken. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Joseph, where do they buy Flex and Forks and Shaking Forks?
2: EquityMFG.com, equiteemf MFG.com. Give Jamie and Diana I a call.
0: Jamie and I will be back tomorrow on Wednesday. We have uh, Wendy and the Driving Show on Thursday, and then Jamie and I back again on Friday. So, we have that to look forward to. Thank you so much, everybody. And we'll talk to you again next month on the horse husband episode
2: don't forget bay neuter and go